Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Thank you. Hello, everyone. How are you? You good? Uh, One more announcement. Uh, We're hiring a new staff member, which is very exciting. Um, We are going to hire a next-gen coordinator, that's what we're calling it, someone to look after and invest in the next generation of people at Greenhouse, kids, youth, and um, help support families through that. It's a huge growing need. If you uh, ever get here at our 9 a.m. gathering, you'll know there are just kids everywhere. Um, and it's getting a little bit ridiculous. And so um, we're really excited to invest in that area and think it's a really strategic thing for our church. Um, we know that, you know, faith formation for so many people happens under the age of 18. That's like an important space. I know that we skew those numbers a bit, a bit uh, differently recently, but so many of us in the room decided to follow Jesus under the age of 18. Really pivotal time of life. And for families, it's really pivotal seasons. And our families need support and resource on how to help continue to form and faith, uh, form faith in, their, in their kids. And so that's really exciting. Um, the role description is on the QR code. Um, you can find it in there. And uh, we're going to advertise for the next two weeks. Applications open for the next two weeks. If you're interested, you can read that. Uh, role description and apply to my email, and um, it's really exciting, really exciting. We uh, presented this as part of our um, budget at our AGM for those of us that are members, Um, but it's still a stretch for us financially, it's still an investment, and so um, if you are yet to give or get involved in giving with our church, this is a great time to do that because it's a really key, um, pivotal moment for us as a church, and I think um, that's really exciting. Cool? Nice. We are finishing our series on restoration, um, and we've been looking the last, this is a six week, and we've been looking at the five key areas that we sense as a church that God's calling us to lean into as we join in the restoration of our neighborhoods. And uh, we really believe that following Jesus will lead you to actually joining with him in the recreation, the renewal of all things. Jesus is a king. And the story of the Bible is him him coming to restore the whole world, to bring a new heaven and a new earth out of the stuff that we find. We're not just going to go to some other place when we die. The story of heaven is the the remarriage of of heaven and earth back to this place, a restoration of all things. And as followers of Jesus, we are ambassadors of that restoration. We get to join in with Jesus in the restoration uh, right here and right now. We get to join in that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. May your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And so we looked at, um, the first week we looked at the idea of the transcendentals, truth, good, and beauty. And um, when joining in, when the restoration of all things, anything that you can find in our world that is true and good and beautiful points us to the greater reality of the kingdom of God. That is what the kingdom of God looks like. And so if you find something that's true in your life, you just got to turn up the volume. Find something that's good, you turn up the volume. Find something that's beautiful, you turn up the volume. That's what we do as followers of Jesus is we lean into those things. Last week I talked about justice and how do we join in in making the world right. We talked about uh, finding people of peace, and we know that there are people all around us that are searching, looking, looking for something solid, particularly now we 
seeing it more and more than ever in the last couple of months, that there are people just actually searching for something and they realize it's Jesus. And we talked about how to join in with that. We talked about our vocation or our work, the, the, the way that we spend most of our time and energy, whether we're raising kids or uh, working a nine to five or something in between, um, that that is the way that we join in with the restoration with our hands and our mind. And we talked about placemaking, the idea that God has put you in a neighborhood, a street, an environment where you work, where your kids go to school or whatever it is for a reason, that you actually get to join in in very material sense in what God is doing right where you live, both as a community here and our call, particularly called Along Jetty and the coast, but also your street and your neighborhood, wherever God's called you. And uh, to finish finish us off um, in this series, I want to talk about the idea of church planting, of starting new churches. And I think, and maybe it's just because I'm a church planter at heart, but planting churches may be the very best way to join in the restoration of our neighborhoods because starting beautiful, vibrant, healthy little communities of restoration in a neighborhood is the best thing for that neighborhood. And um, it's been on our heart for a long time. We are a church plant at heart. We started four years ago. But it's been on our heart to always be a church planting church, to not just think about our own little empire here, but to think about the kingdom. And um, so I just want to trace through Acts with you just briefly. And I want to look at the tale of two churches, uh, the Jerusalem church and the Antioch church, the two churches that we see in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is following the story, really, of the birth of the church and the work of the Spirit. And um, we're going to pick up in uh, verse 4 of Acts chapter 1. So this is after Jesus raised from the dead. He's around for 40 days, and um, he's sitting down having a meal with his disciples. It says this, Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, so this is Jesus speaking to the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying, don't go anywhere, stay. You have to stay right where you are. They were in Jerusalem at the time. You've got to stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. That's, that's what Jesus is saying. It goes on. Um, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to... Free Israel and restore our kingdom. He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, which is a little bit further than Jerusalem, and Samaria, which is a little bit further, and to the ends of the earth to the very corners of the earth, even Longevity, This message has reached its way here on a Sunday morning. And so it's a really interesting little statement going on. So Jesus is saying, stay here until you receive the Spirit and then be my witnesses everywhere. Then go. Stay, then go. The interesting part of the story is the, the very next chapter, Holy Spirit comes. We celebrate that at Pentecost. The Spirit falls upon all people. Very, very uh, powerful moment in the story of church. The very first church was planted, and she was a she was a big a big girl. Three thousand people straight away. She was a big Bertha, and um, there was just lots lots of people. And but the thing is, they didn't go anywhere. They stayed in Jerusalem until we get to Acts chapter seven, and a guy called Stephen. Was, was assassinated. He was stoned to death. They picked up rocks and they threw it at him until he died. And then persecution broke out all through, um, all through Jerusalem in the church 
and then people leave because they're getting persecuted. And so it actually took persecution and pain for the church to actually begin to do what Jesus was calling them to do. Stay, receive the Spirit, and then go. Um, We go forward to Acts chapter 13. So that was the Jerusalem church. And then we find a church in Antioch. This is after the, the believers had spread out. They'd started a few more churches. And there was a particular key church in Antioch, which is a bit north of Jerusalem. And this church became a sending church, a resourcing church. It became like the center of gravity for the, for the next move of Christianity. And this is what we say, see, in uh, verse 1. Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Manian, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. One day, as these men were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work which I have called to them. Um, And we know that Paul gets sent out. He becomes one of the greatest church planters in history. Starts a whole bunch of churches. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. And so you see two different churches here, Jerusalem and Antioch. And both churches actually ended up sending people out, um, but one through pain and the other through prayer. And we have a choice as Greenhouse, as a church, that one thing I know, being in ministry for a long time, is that people do go out. People get called other places. People might go to another church. People might go feel like they're called to go something else. People might leave because of relational tension or whatever. People will be sent out. I guess the question for us comes, will we send people out through pain or will we send people out through prayer? And it's really tempting, you know, as, as a church, particularly as a pastor, to just want to keep a good thing going, you know, just to like, just to build, build my little empire and feel like we've got good stuff going here, uh, um, but miss what the Spirit's doing. And so um, church planting is one of those things that I just feel like every healthy church should be considering. Um, the church will send out. And uh, we really deeply feel called to be what, what's called a resource church, a sending church, a kingdom church, a church that has open hands, that's generous with people and sending people out and blessing people through what the Spirit's saying, through what the Spirit's doing. And I love the church in Antioch, that, you know, the, the, the thing that, that um, was really moving in that space was they were praying and they were worshipping, and they were fasting. It's in that space of a church, a praying church, a worshipping church, that actually the Spirit moves and says, no, these are some people that we need to send out, and they need to start something new. Um, and really, that, that Antioch church became a key part. If they didn't send out Paul, I don't know where Christianity would be. I'm sure God would use other means. But Paul became one of the most prolific church planters. Uh, so many of the little letters you read all through your Bible are church plants that were planted by Paul. And so we want to be an Antioch church. And you might say, um, with church planting, well, that was fine then. You know, it's, it's great then in Acts chapter 13, because there was no other churches. And so, of course, we've got to start some more churches. Um, but you look around, Benj, we're in Australia in 2023, and there's churches everywhere, and they're declining. The church is declining in Australia. Why would we start more churches? Why don't we just go and help those churches? And it's a very good question, and a question I've had myself. But I think that's a really narrow view of the church. And sometimes we think the church is more organization than it is organism. And the church is not an organization. The church is not a business structure. The church is not 
a brand or a registered not-for-profit status or staff or a building. The church is people. And when we're starting new churches, it's not like starting a new franchise or starting a new business in a neighborhood and then you're competing with other businesses in that neighborhood for a certain small, shrinking market share of Christians. The church is an organism. She is a living, breathing thing. The most common um, metaphors used for the church is the bride of Christ or the body of Christ. It's this living, breathing thing. It's you and I. It's the people. And um, when we understand that, and we see the bigger picture, and thinking not just like the next five years, but the next hundred years. Um, there are a few things that living organisms have in common. Number one, living organisms reproduce as a healthy part of life. But the other thing is, living organisms die. And all living organisms die, to my knowledge. I'm sure, I don't know if there's anything that doesn't die. But, um, and that's true of churches. Every church has a lifespan. Every church has a lifespan. Some for... 10 years, 50, 100. There are very few churches in the world that are over 100 years old, by the way. There might be buildings, but there are very few churches that are over 100 years old. None of the churches that Paul planted are still churches. The church moves on, but none of those like little congregations are still there. And so when we think about starting new churches, we've got to think about that uh, in 100 years' time, Greenhouse will likely be dead. And that's okay. She would have lived a beautiful, long life, and hopefully we've got many, many good years to come. But we need there to be churches around when Greenhouse dies. And um, research would tell us in Australia, in the last 20 years, we've been losing 50 churches every year. So that's, that's net. So we've been planting churches for sure, but there are 50 less churches in Australia every single year. As churches die, and that's natural, and it's healthy, it's fine for churches to die. But we need new, fresh expressions to take their place, just to, just to kind of stay stable, let alone keep up with population growth. And so when we join in in church planting, we're actually joining in a much bigger story, not just about what's happening right now, which is important, but what's happening in 100 years or 500 years. We are part of a rich history, history and tradition of church planting. It's in our very DNA. And the other thing about living organisms is that if you start to think about that and you start to think about a, a, a healthy biodiversity, and this is when different churches come, in, come into play. We need every style and size and shape and different stream of church because there are so many people out there. There are so many people actually searching for something. And there are people that will never walk into our church, but they might walk into a different church or a different style of church or a different shape of church, or they might have a relationship with someone in a different church. And that is what, that, that's the body of Christ living and breathing right now. We shouldn't see other churches as competition. They are other living organisms in this biodiversity of the kingdom of God coming on earth. And so we, we want to be an Antioch church. We want to be a sending church, a generous church, an open hands church. And so um, with that in mind, I'm going to invite Beck and Steve up. And uh, they're going to grab some seats. You can give them a little golf clap if you want, if you feel like it. You all right? Thank you, thank you. This is Beck and Steve, everyone. Many of you will know them. Beck is my sister, and Steve is my brother-in-law. And uh, Beck's my older sister, as well I was saying in the earlier gathering. She's heaps older than me. And, um, yeah, that's, that's how that is, yeah. Um, and, then, and, then, and then we won't even get started on Steve, because it's, yeah, it's a whole other plane. But... Um, uh, we love you guys and, and uh, we're very blessed.
having you around. You guys have been part of our church for seven months or so, moved over from the States, and uh, it's been so nice um, just on a personal level having you guys. And we have our kids are similar ages and they're little cousins and they get to run around together, which is really, really special. Beck, ha- Beck gave birth in LA in like 2021. Is that right? 2022. 2020. What is the week? 2022? 2022. Yeah. But you had COVID. I did. Yeah. Yep. And it was still this sort of... Yeah. Tick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. May as well just do it together. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know one from the... Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what giving birth is like without COVID, so you may <laughs> yeah. as well just throw that yeah, in. Yeah, it's easy as, yeah. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, no drugs. No drugs. Very proud. <laughs> yeah. um, Beck and Steve are planting a church. Many of you would know that already, but some that might be news to some. They're planting a little church called Bloom Co. Um, on the southern end of the coast. And so yes. I'd love for you guys just to... Tell us about it. Yeah. What's it, what's it going to look like? Who knows? <laughs> Whatever God wants it to look like. Um, look, we have an idea of what is in our hearts. Um, we, we are musicians. We are creatives at heart. And so we um, expect that we will attract sort of creative people. And uh, the, the way that we want to even do church is going to look a little different. It won't be a stage up here. It'll be in a round and um, everybody will be around the outside. And so just even in its, like, um, its set up, it's going to look and feel a little bit different. Um, But regardless of how we do it, we just really just want to be in the pocket of whatever God's doing. So we'll give things a go and then we will um, adjust (laughs) as we start moving down the the pathway. But um, we're really excited. Uh, Edelong is... Um, not a spot that we thought we were going to first plant. We thought we were going to plant in um, Terrigal, N- only naturally because when we moved back over here, we had jet lag and a baby, and so we just get up, and that was like kind of the spot where you could walk with a pram, and it was nice, you know, in the in the morning, <laughs> early in the morning. And we just felt knitted to the community. We started, you know, getting to know some of the people we'd walk past every day, and we just naturally felt like that was the spot that God was giving us, and and when we would started conversations around church planning with Benj, he said, have you thought about Edelong? And he, he suggested some other places, but that was probably one that stuck out to us. So, like, the next day we got in the car and we went down to Edelong. And um, immediately we both said, no, nah, this is not it. <laughs> we walked yeah. away like, nah, yeah, nah, in true Australian style. And um, about a week later, God spoke to both of us separately, and we just had a sense that we needed to go back. And um, so we did, and we didn't immediately feel like it was the spot, but we kept going back because we felt the presence of God um, kind of urging us to just check it out. And and an idea of like, what if what you want is not what I want, <laughs> which is totally it, right? Sometimes we, we miss the mark because we just get our hearts set on something else, but God really has a plan. And so... Um, over time, we found, um, we sort of just felt like, okay, this could be it. I could see myself living. Because you want to love the community you're in, right? You want to knit in and, and get in there. And we walked past this church one day, and it was Felice. And we just went, God, are you are you just speaking? And so we went down that pathway, and doors have just flung open. Um, and we just signed the lease for that um, on Friday which was Thanksgiving in, in, in Australia, in uh, America. So that was, like, really quite cool for us. Anyway, that's enough talking for me. <laughs> no, it's great. It's awesome. You did great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
planning, planning church is a crazy thing to do. Like, there's not much um, job security in it, and it's, uh, you know, it's not, like, the coolest thing to do in Australia right now. Um, but tell us, like, how did you get here, and why are you doing it? Yeah, I think we, we were in a big church in California, and when you're standing on the stage there, you know, we're doing, like, five services on a weekend, and you look out at this sea of people and, you know, you, you, you get to know them and you, you start knowing their stories. And you're like, oh, this, this family, they lost their, they lost their dad. And, and, I don't know, all, all these different stories. And um, you, you see their lives change. Like when we got there, as an example, worship was like um, not, not expressive at all. Our first weekend leading worship, everyone was just like, <laughs> and, and after four years, we just kind of gradually um, shown them just, you know, I mean, Beck's like the most vulnerable worship leader I've ever, I've ever seen. You know, she, she'll just bear her heart on, on the stage and, and she, she taught people how to lower their defenses and be expressive in worship and, um, we just saw lives change, and that's, that's what drives us the most, just seeing people's lives absolutely turned upside down by Jesus. And another big thing is that, like in, in the 80s and in the 90s, I reckon there was a, there was a wave of, I don't, I don't know what to call it, a move of the spirit or revival or whatever you want to label it, but people started flocking into churches, you know, in the 80s and the 90s. And then I think in the, in the 2000s, it, it kind of it leveled out a little bit. And it just feels to us right now that we're on the cusp of another, another big wave. You know, it's, we're on the crest. It's rising. And, man, we're, we're going to need churches to put all these people in, you know, where they can worship, where they can have community, uh, where we can eat and drink with them all the time. Um, that's, that's our heart. We, we want to... We want to get people in a room, we want to get the Holy Spirit in a room, and we want to get out of the way and watch, watch what God does. So. That's awesome. Um, tell us, like, what's, what's the next step? You just signed the lease on a building. Um, tell us about that location and sort of timeline. What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, so you know there's a roundabout right in the heart of downtown Edelong. This church is, like, you could throw a stone and hit the church. Don't throw stones, though. Um, <laughs> You might lose an eye. But it's, it's a great location, smack bang in the heart of Edelong. Yeah. Um, you know, we signed the lease. We went to um, a decommissioning of the building. It's an old Uniting Church thing. And they had a candle in, in the centre. And they lit a candle and they gave, gave us the candle. And then they snuffed out their candle. And like what Benj was saying, churches have a lifespan. And that was these guys realising that this building is you know, better off in, in our hands, God help us, um, than, than theirs. And, and, you know, I think that, that was a beautiful gesture. Um, they, wa- they want to see that building used for the glory of God. Uh, we need to do a reno on it. Part of the reason why we got that building is we, we, this was a uniting church. And we're like, look at what our church did to this building. We showed them before and after photos. And they were like, woo! Let's go, you know. Um, and so we're about to embark on a fundraiser uh, 
this afternoon. And we're going to do a big reno on the building, depending on how much money we, we can raise. Um, we're hoping that uh, we'll get kicked out of greenhouse around March. And, and then a, we'll, we'll start doing worship nights, uh, interest dinners, um, some preview services. And all that with a view to do a grand opening in September 2024. So. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We're pumped. It's epic. Um, so we've been on a journey. This is something we've always wanted to be as a church, as a resource church. We, we um, experienced that from Narara. We were planted out in Narara. There's a group of us that came from there. And actually that, that sense of covering a relationship and sending is why we're still here. And so we want to continue to be that for, for other churches. Mm. Um, and so what it looks like for us to be an Antioch-style church um, in planting other churches, we're not interested in the franchise model or the branding or having things under our control. We'd consider it if the right thing came, but that's not what we're after. We just want to be about the kingdom. And um, we know that, you know, the coast needs more great churches. And I think, um, interestingly enough, I just think there's so many similarities between Long Jetty and Edelong. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful area, both beautiful areas, right on the water, both um, quite low socioeconomic, but going through a lot of change. And with that, there's so much opportunity for a church in there in a changing dynamic and a changing um, place because uh, it means that there's a new expression that's needed to meet the new needs um, and lots of complex stuff going on and spiritually and all sorts of stuff. And so uh, we're really excited about that. Um, but three things when we talk about planting a church or sending out a church. Um, number one is, is prayer. Mm. And we, we see our role in this as not just a token thing, but prayer is, is really, really vital and important. Yeah. Um, whenever you're starting something new or doing something that God's calling you into, there's going to be enemy opposition against that. And so they, these guys, this team, will need prayer covering. They need that sense of spiritual covering, need some courage and some prophetic words spoken over them, and, and we'll do some creative things over the next couple of months to do that. Um, they need people to pray, and so there's a, um, you can sign up to be on their prayer list. Um, in the QR code, there's a link that says Bloomco or something, um, and that give you the information there. Um, so prayer. Uh, the next one is people. Church plants need people. Um, and so maybe uh, among us, there might be some of us that would consider praying about whether you need to join the team or not. Um, and we're so open to that. We want you to be where God's calling you to be. Mm. And there's no harm in asking God something. It, it, at the very least, it's going to like strengthen your resolve about being yeah. here, which is an awesome thing. Um, and so we want to be quite open-handed about that. But you might know people in the area. You might yeah. know people in Edelong. You might know people that are moving up from Sydney. You might have a friend of a friend or something. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch of connections in that way. And anything like that is, is super helpful. Um, the other thing is um, there might be some need of some manpower, some woman power when in the actual renovations. Yeah. Might be some um, working bees and stuff. And maybe that's a great way to get involved. Go down and spend a day in Edelong. Um, or an afternoon and, and, um, and paint some walls or something. Um, and that's a great way that we can be a support as well. And the third one is, is provision, is finance. Um, and so as a church, we set aside 5% of our budget every year for church planting. We've given to different things over the years. And so um, we will send them out uh, with a little bit of money. We don't have endless pockets of cash, but anything helps. And so um, 
if you give to Greenhouse, you're already supporting uh, Bloom, which is, which is really exciting. Um, but you might feel called to, to give individually as well. You can do that in the, uh, the link on the QR code. Um, but um, moving forward, and we'll you know, continue to work out what this looks like, we'll set up some sort of a network. There'll be autonomous churches, their own churches, reaching their own neighbourhoods, but choosing to collaborate and share resources in ways that make sense. Um, yeah. And we might, you know, we'll see each other around a fair bit and you guys might come back and lead worship or preach or something and uh, vice versa, which will, be, which will be really cool. So um, that's really exciting. So that's the way that we're going to send these people out. And um, prayer, people, and provision. Um, and so we'll let the Spirit lead on what that looks like. But... Um, Really excited about doing that. Yeah. So anything else you want to say? Um, we are going to have an interest night here in two weeks. It's on a Monday, the 4th of December. So um, that's a great opportunity if you like feel like, oh, my goodness, maybe God is speaking to me, one. Um, two, maybe you know someone in the area that um, really just needs to get connected into a good community. And... Um, I say good, hopefully this is going to be a good community. Um, but that, that would be really cool if you wanted to bring them along. We'd love to meet them and see if it's a good fit for them. Um, we'll just be sharing a little bit about our heart, a little bit further in, and, and just open it up for questions to, so you guys kind of know what's going on. Um, I just wanted to say also, we have so loved coming and being a part of Greenhouse. Um, it's been such a sweet spot for us to land. Um, we had big jobs in America and we were exhausted but this um, this environment is so beautiful it's really rare um, to get a community of believers that are just so for one another there there is just such a sweet presence of God here and we have been so blessed just to be here there's an added bonus because this is really sweet for us to connect on a ministry level and um, just that you guys are wanting and willing to send us is, um, it's, it's really, it's hard to express how beautiful that is. Um, and I believe that God is going to use that to bless both this church and the one coming. So that's awesome. I cry a lot and that's okay. <laughs> It's processing tool. It's good. <laughs> Vulnerability. Oh, no, it's good. She makes up for my lack of emotion yeah. <laughs> and expression. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Um, and it's good to know as well, there's obviously a, a uh, family connection um, and we're not oblivious to that. Um, the, our leadership council has been on a process the last couple of months around discerning whether this is something that um, God's in or not, and so this is not just a decision I'm making because we're related, and um, that's an important distinction to make. Um, but we're really excited, and um, I know, like, all of this stuff, you know, when people start to talk about church planting, it can get people a little bit nervous, you know, around what's going on because you've seen it done badly or haven't been part of it at all. Um, and, you know, the research shows whenever churches send out and be generous, like, the church actually gets, gets bigger. Like, that's just a, the, yeah. kind of a law of the kingdom. Um, and so we don't need to be nervous about what happens with our, our budget or people. We just give that over to the Spirit. And um, we want to be kingdom people. We want to be people that are um, prayerful, that are kingdom-focused, not trying to build our own little empire, but just open what the Spirit's doing, like the Antioch Church. And so um, we just have so much trust in, in God around that. And we're excited for what happens in Edelong. So. Um, I wouldn't say that it's rare, but... The 
the majority of churches, I don't think, are like this. I think they hang on very, very tight. And so the fact that you and the church are so open-handed is such a beautiful thing that we're so thankful for. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Good? Yeah? Sweet. Well, I'm sure these guys will be happy to have a conversation. I'm happy to have a conversation with you if you want. Um, but, you know, this is a key part. Like, Australia is in dire straits in, in terms of church. And um, uh, the church is not doing well in Australia. Like, by all metrics, things are declining. And um, we just feel like God's doing something amongst us and that we don't want to hold on to that. We want to give that to the rest. Not that, not that God's not doing stuff in other churches. Of course he is. Um, but we want to we be part of a great move of the Spirit um, across, across our nation, across the coast. So it's part of what we're playing. And um, it's not just this year, but it's you know, the next 500 years. So um, that's kind of the key role that we get to play. So very exciting. Let me pray for us and pray for these guys, and uh, then we'll stand and worship. Oh, Father, I thank you so much um, that you are at work in our nation, and even when it doesn't look like it, we know that that's, that's when you work best, and we just know anecdotally over the last couple of months, there are just so many people that are searching for you and searching for something solid in amongst chaotic times. And so we just ask for a move of your spirit. We just want to see more and more of you at work in our neighborhoods and on the coast, in our nation, in our hearts. And so we thank you that we have an opportunity ahead of us to partner and send out and start another little restoration community in another neighborhood that adds to what's going on there already. And so we pray that your hand would be on this. We pray particularly for Beck and Steve and Ruby that you would protect them God, would you provide for them? Um, would you bring people around them, the right people? Would you give them strategy? But most of all, would you give them a love for the community that you're sending them to, a heart for people? And um, I pray that they would hear your voice really, really clearly over this next season, that you would speak clearly on when to sit and when to stand, when to walk, when to run, when to just be still, when to say no to things that look like a great opportunity and when to say yes to things that don't. And um, we just thank you that you are speaking. Pray that you would continue to draw them out. Thank you for Adelong. I pray that you would just do an incredible work there. Would you begin to break up the ground? And would you find out homes of people and families and individuals that are just in despair right now? And I pray that there would just be a, a metaphorical opening of the doors, that there would be meals shared and hugs exchanged and family are welcomed in. Yes. We just pray for more and more of that. God, we thank you for what you're doing here. We pray that you would help us um, in amongst all our frailty and humanness to be just open to what your Spirit's doing. May we just have open hands in trust of you. God, thank you that you are faithful and you provide and uh, you are doing something great and you'll continue to do that. And so we thank you so much for what you're doing in here and amongst us. God, I pray that um, for those in our church, if you're calling any of us to go, you would speak really clearly um, one way or the other. And um, I just pray for um, just connections, just tons and tons of connections of just friends and friends and and, um, random little God connections like that to happen over the next couple of months. 
And so we thank you for what you're doing. God, we pray for the other churches on the coast. We thank you so much for them. Thank you that there is a biodiversity of, of, of living organisms across the coast. We want to um, continue to be for them and pray for them. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing and bubbling up yeah. in amongst um, your people here. Yeah. We just ask for more and more and more of you. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Awesome.